0: Good morning everybody, Pastor Brian Wattenbarger, Body of Christ Church, hailing from the beautiful Verde Valley, and today's podcast is on the subject of doctrine, and more specifically dealing with false doctrine. Now, I'm not getting into the divisions between the different denominations, except where it conflicts with scripture. Uh, I'm not going to go into specifics, I'm just saying that when I'm talking about dealing with false doctrine versus uh, correct doctrine, we have to verify it by bouncing it off of Scripture. We verify Scripture with Scripture. And the reason being is, is that these 66 books of over 40 different authors over 2,000 years has been proven to have a unity of design from both Old to the New Testament and seventy percent of the prophecies, more than 3,000 I believe, have come true. And so we can verify and we can rely on the validity of Scripture and God's fidelity through it. You know, it it tells us In in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So we are told right there that scripture is God-breathed and that we can rely on it to not only tell us what we need to do, how we need to be, but we can rely on it to correct us when we're wrong and to get us back on track and to keep us on track. And so, what we have to be aware of is that Scripture has been twisted multiple times in attempts to fit somebody's worldview, rather than adjust their worldview to Scripture, which is the way it's supposed to be. You know, God doesn't change, He's outside of time, His Word doesn't change only we change and we're supposed to use this as our measuring stick you know use his word as our measuring stick to stay on track but what we do is we decide oh that part doesn't fit very good i don't like the way that feels i have itching ears and i want to hear this or i want somebody to pat me on the head for doing this even though this bible says it's a sin and and so we twist scripture and you end up with these aberrancies and these these false teachers and even false ministries built around this. You know, Isaiah in the Old Testament, <clears throat> he said this, and this was related. Isaiah was one of the greatest prophets, and he's one of the... Uh, he's at the forefront of, of eschatological prophecy or end times prophecy. But as with a lot of the scripture in the Bible, a lot of what God taught is to be applied throughout. It has multiple layers of application and so with respect to this what I'm trying to say is is that it applied to a time when in, in the Old Testament but it also applies today and it makes sense if you think about it because what was going on with the Israelites at the time is similar to what we try to do. You know, oh, this is inconvenient for us. We're going to, we want, you know, we love the world. We're going to, we're going to try and change the word to match that. And so we read in Isaiah 30, 10 through 18, and it's, it's a long, a long patch, but I'm going to read it all because I think it's so important. For this is a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord or Yahweh who say to the seers, you must not see visions, and to the prophets, you must not prophesy the truth to us. Speak to us pleasant words. Prophecy illusions. Get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Stop speaking before us about the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says, Since you have rejected this word and have put your trust in oppression and crookedness and have relied on them, therefore this wrongdoing will be to you like a breach about to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose collapse comes suddenly in an instant, whose collapse is like the smashing of a potter's jar, so ruthlessly shattered that a shard will not be found among its pieces to take fire from a hearth or to scoop water from a cistern. For this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, In repentance and rest you will be saved, In quietness and trust is your strength. But you are not willing. And you said, No, for we will flee on horses, therefore you shall flee. In other words, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. And we will ride on swift horses, therefore those who pursue you shall be swift. One thousand will flee at the threat of one man. You will flee at the threat of five until you are left like a signal post on a mountaintop and like a flag on a hill. But God's gracious. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. Now that was said in the Old Testament and it sounds very similar to I mean it could apply to they could be talking to us right you know we, we we reject the things that we don't want to hear we we want to we want to be married to the world and so we want the we want the preachers to quit preaching the truth we want we want the prophecy the 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 prophecies that are told to be false prophecies that will will fit our worldview in 2 Timothy 4, 1-5, we read, I solemnly exhort you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, who is the judge of the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and exhort with great patience and instruction, for the time will come When people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, use self-restraint in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. See, God warns against these false doctrines. He warns us against (coughs) being led astray and led down a rabbit hole that we can't come back from. And a lot of times it seems like, well, why would God be against this? It seems pretty legitimate. But it, if, if it's against scripture, it's not legitimate. And there's usually a nefarious uh, evil intent behind the colorful, pretty floral words and, and speeches that are being exhorted. And it, and it leads to apostasy and to danger. It leads to sin and it advocates for sin. And we see this a lot today. Turn on the TV and you can see this. You know, every show now, you can't turn on a show that doesn't show a same-sex couple laying in bed together, kissing or something along those lines. And it's it's an attempt to normalize this and we're supposed to be okay with this. And if we're not, well, we're the enemy. You know, what once was called sin is now called good and what is what, what once was good is now called bad. And that's... That's the world upside down. We read in 1 Timothy 6, 3 through 6, if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but he has a sick craving for controversial questions and disputes about words, from which come envy, strife, abusive language, evil suspicions, and constant friction between people of depraved mind and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. This is a perfect example of the divisions that happen. because And this was preached in the first century. They predicted that this would happen. You know, it, it, <clears throat> if anyone advocates a different doctrine, uh, he has a sick craving for controversial questions and disputes about words. And this creates division. And we end up with all these different facets of Christianity that aren't really Christianity. They, they're aberrant. Somebody that says, oh, you can get to God through Christ, but there's uh, other ways to get to God. Well, no, there's not. Christ said himself, "As I am the way, and the truth, and the life." You know, there, there's, there's all these. Uh, well, that was a sin back then, but it's okay today. No, it's not. Once a sin, always a sin. In Second Corinthians eleven, thirteen through fifteen, we're warned: for such men are false prophets, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And this is no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. The enemy works by making their words flowery and sound like good, sound doctrine. They disguise themselves as creatures of light, but they're not. There's no light in them. And the final one I want to touch on today, Galatians 1.8, and this is, I think, is, is, is critical. For such men are false apostles... Deceitful workers disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. I just wrote that exactly the same things. (laughs) Sorry about that. What I meant to say with Galatians 1 8 is, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, he is to be accursed. That's heavy. Even if a supposed angel comes to you and preaches a different gospel than what's in the original Bible, it's a false gospel. That should be very convicting for some of the uh, offshoots of what we'll call offshoots of Christianity today that are main, have become mainstream religions that are out there. Folks, the Bible's clear. It has been. It was sealed up until the end, and it has no need for any further edits. Follow Scripture, and it will not lead you astray. It will lead you straight to Christ, from the Old Testament to the New. That's it for me for today. God bless you all, and we'll see you on the next one.